Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Trent here. Great to have your company today for episode... One, nine, eight. This week on Toy Power, it's all about what we've been up to in reading, watching, playing. And then we take a look at the first three episodes of Disney's The Mandalorian. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben... G'day, g'day. Frank... Bohoi hoi. And Darren. Good to be with you. Let's hit it. Reading, watching, playing. And I really just wanted this segment so I could hear that intro again because I love. <laughs> it's your favourite part. I love deep Frank voice. Um, <laughs> Frank speaking, you only need to ask Trent. <laughs> Said no woman ever. Yeah. Alrighty, we are doing reading, watching, playing, and it has been a, a tremendous time mm. for all the streaming services. Not so good at the movie theatres. That, that uh, is, ugh, I don't know, it's looking a bit... Who knows what's going to happen yeah. there. But streaming. Thank goodness we've got streaming in this world. At the moment, there's... Oh, I mean, we, we just mentioned last week the new systems, PlayStation's out, so there's lots of good gaming out there. Mm-hmm. This is the time. What have we been up to, guys? What's been on our lists? Well, I'll kick it off. I So I um, got introduced to a TV series. I believe it's on Amazon by Master Frank here, Superstore. I don't know why I didn't shout it out later. <laughs> These are my people. This is Retail 101, and it's just a comedy sketch. Uh, I think it's about three or four seasons uh, on Amazon yep. uh, about, you know, retail work. And it's it, uh, there's there was an Australian one. What was that? Um, well, based on retail. Yeah, there was an Australian one. Kath and um, Kim. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I know the one you mean. Um, yeah. No, it was on know. Seven Mate. Um, I'm trying to think what it was called. Um, <laughs> anyway. We did an electrical... Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that, was, that was fantastic. But this is uh, very American and things. But uh, highly funny. I can relate to a lot of the circumstances that these guys are in. Uh, really liking that. It's sort of my, you know, uh, before bed sort of... Watch an episode yep. before I go to bed. Don't have to think know? too hard about no, it. No, that's right. Definitely. I watched the Dragon Ball Z Broly movie because all of a sudden there was one Dragon Ball Z movie on Netflix for no reason at all. And I hadn't <laughs> hadn't seen it. I haven't seen many of the Dragon Ball Z movies. I've watched uh, a lot of the Dragon Ball Z series. And I fell in love with Dragon Ball Z like I was um, 18 again. You know? Oh, right. I, I was so... in this. The movie was so good. When I went to Zing the next day, I had to remove personally remove myself from the Zing store without buying a Dragon Ball Z figure. Like I, I, because <laughs> I, I, I had all the Dragon Ball Z characters, you know, all Piccolo, um, Vegeta, you know, all those A list characters, and I legit wanted to. I wanted to collect Dragon Ball Z there and then. I so was just so, from the movie, like wow. bringing back all the memories yes, from your yeah. eight. that that Broly movie is fantastic because it goes back into the deeper history of the Saiyans. So it tells the pre, you know, uh, Vegeta and Gohan. It t- t- talks about their parents. It talks about uh, pre-Freezer. So you've got King Kula, 
which is, you know, a name on words, laughing at you as you must. But yeah, so Frieza is only a baby and he sort of sets up to take over from King Kula. And, uh, you know, obviously we all know where uh, Frieza, you know, goes with the um, Dragon Ball Z saga and things, uh, pre-Super Saiyans and things. And then it cuts forward, you know, to the time frame of when uh, these other characters are much more mature, Vegeta and... Gohan are uh, you know on Earth and things like that, and uh, cuts to that where there's a couple of Saiyans that have never uh, you know thought still appreciate still uh, kneel down to King Cooler mm-hmm. and Freezer. They still think that he, they're the uh, rulers of the the universe. So it's fantastic in that sense that uh, you know bringing that whole history without breaking apart the series yep, at all. Sure. So and, and absolutely love that. Animated, not Oh, yeah. Action. Oh, for sure. Because we know what yeah. happens when you try Dr- yeah, Dragon Ball Z yeah. live action. Yeah, we won't talk about that. Um, so that was fantastic. I mean, uh, catch up on Jack Ryan. Which no, it's a cool a, show. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah. Yep. Very, very much enjoying that. So I'll watch a couple of episodes of Jack Ryan and then flip it over to Superstore. You know, Tell Superstore. me he would not make an amazing Mr. Fantastic in yeah. the Marvel mm. Universe. I reckon you're Smart. right. He's yep. been the hot tip all the whole time. Yep. Give him the little grey beard, which yep. he seems to get naturally anyway. Yep. He's just, yep, he's got that superhero chiseled abs yep. now. Like, yep. done. And he's got a bit of an elongated face Correct. as well. So. Yep fits in there justice league dark has anyone caught that that is a fantastic um netflix series uh, like movie standalone movie dc universe uh talking about what if factors you know what if you know and things i won't go too animated animated, of course yeah yeah. of course you know what if apocalypse uh turned all the justice leaguers against each other you know like turned got hold of you know batman and turned him on to apocalypse's side you know and and how all the factors of you know wonder woman's like you know cyborg essentially and things like that you know you you think i haven't seen this character and i haven't seen that character bam you know 45 minutes in there they are and you're like (laughs) whoa man i you know did not see that coming highly recommend it it's really mature it goes back to the roots of when dc movies were good you know it's a um, really cool watch standalone film so you know start and finish uh Wraps up the whole storyline in one, and Hunters. Has anyone heard of Hunters? Yeah, I have. It's I've got, got about four. Al Pacino. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I've got about four episodes yeah. into that, and then it's just one of those ones that that dropped off. You, you go in thinking this is the type of show yeah. it is, yeah. and then you just like that se- sequence was really quite not off brand, but just like whoa, like turned it on its head, yeah. and then it sort of goes back. Like yeah. it's a very very I, strange show. I didn't know what to make of it with the clips that I've yeah. seen because. It's they're Nazi hunters, so that's a pretty serious topic. But the clip I saw was almost comedy, which which I found just that that very yep juxtaposition is really odd. Yeah, Yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep. So I I reckon Mendo, it's only one season or something, or maybe two, one two seasons. I think it's only one, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Watched uh, start finish, and um, then moved on to other series. Is there um, someone a bit like uh, Domino in that? Bit foxy for you there, Ben. Uh, is she in it? Uh, no, yes, no, yes, there like, is. Yes, yes, like, yes. I'm not yes, saying the yes, same yes, actress. Yeah, yeah, no, no, she is. Someone that yes, ticks yes, you or foxy. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. She's. And she's the foxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
All right. Well, typically when we do reading, watching, playing, I have very little in the reading column. I can confirm that I am <laughs> you back. You can read, can I, I, I can read. Uh, I'm getting very good at reading all of Jack's bloody, really simplistic books because he does it, he picks it up and he's like, hands it to you with his little expectant yep. face. And you're like, I can't say no to that, but buddy, this book is like four pages long and it's the same words, <laughs> just repeated with very minor details. Anyway. Um, but on a more serious note, I have read uh, Ninja Turtles: Last Ronin. Ooh. Oh, is that, is that sold out hyped? everywhere? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I and, and I did honestly. I was so hyped for this, and and you know, it's uh, Eastman and Laird back together. It's their style of drawing and stuff. Brilliant. I did honestly was going to hit up Sam Cripps and and try and get a physical copy, and it's just it's just gone yeah. everywhere you look. They're doing a second run. Nice. So in the end, I went digital, and I was like, right, give me it. I got to know. Got to know who the last Ronin is, and I'm not going to spoil it here because I'm guessing you guys haven't read it. So is it one and done issue? No, no, like it's, a... I think it's a mini series. Right. So there's six, okay. uh, six episodes. Yeah. I want to say. So only just the first one's only just come out. What's ridiculous is the amount of variant covers on this. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. I think it's in the order of like seventy-five. Wow. Something wow. crazy like that. Like a, at the end of the because <laughs> yeah, it's digital, they say, oh, you know, click here to see the list of of variant covers, and it's just absolutely insane don't get me wrong it's it's really well done it's as i've sort of alluded to it's set in a a future time there is one turtle uh remaining and the big hook of it is who is the last turtle set in a sort of a a bit of a dystopian uh, dystopian sort of futuristic things a little bit blade runnery in terms of the the world you sort of see uh you actually see uh, this turtle with another three turtles sort of following him, yep. but it's it's in his Spirit? head sort of oh, thing. Okay, right. So he's having conversations with his his dead brothers, and and that sort of blends into the real world. Like, who are you talking to, man? That sort of thing, and it's drawn and written in such a way that you you find yourself flip flopping and going, oh well, the way they've written that, that's got to be this turtle, uh-huh. and then you, you, it all gets sort of spun around on you really quite well. There is a it's not the original Shredder, basically, that he's hunting down. It's a, a progenitor, not progenitor, a some sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like his grandson, Shredder's grandson oh, yep. sort oh, okay. of thing. So, yeah, so that's really cool. Highly recommend it if you can find a copy. If not, digital is probably the best way to go. I still plan to, when it's a bit easier to find, get a physical copy. I haven't been this excited about yeah. a comic book in, in a long time. So, really enjoying so, that. So, worth the hype? Worth the hype. Like, yep. it's just... It just felt like reading those old East Mirage, Mirage yeah, stuff yeah, again. Cool. I was yeah. like, I haven't felt this in yeah. twenty years. Yep. Like it's really, really cool. Because just they, I reckon they did that in the Archie series, and it was Raphael or someone, and mm. they did that just a, like a four issue arc yep. where they had the dystopian future where one of the turtles was alive, and yep. they were just sort of carrying their brother's weapons, yep. and you didn't, yeah. didn't know who it was. Uh, and, yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. yeah so. Um, kind of cool, uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't seen this much excitement for a yeah, comic heaps, since heaps. Yeah, since the death of Donatello in the uh, <laughs> yeah. IDW yep. Yep. Uh, one. But then, yeah, of course he, I know, he lasted, lasted one issue. Made yeah. Frank yeah. cry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cry tears of joy. Yeah. yeah. So look, as far as watching, uh, I've been getting into uh, an Australian group by the name of Auntie Donna. They're actually a comedy group. If you enjoy The Mighty Boosh, if you enjoy Flight of the Concords, this is kind of that thing. It's To say it has a na- narrative is a little bit flimsy. It's not a sketch show. It's not a narrative-based show. It's its own thing. It's absurd as comedy is probably the best way to put it. 
Um, and the fact that you're hearing Australian voices, they've got a show on Netflix now, so it's really quite accessible. They've been around the scene for, for quite a while, sort of doing my homework on them. Chris Fresh vouches for them. He said they're really nice guys, so whether he's had a beer with them or whatever right. wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Three guys, and it's just absolutely weird. But they've obviously hit the big time because second episode, and if you actually look in the credits, Ed Helms is an executive producer on the show, shows up for a bit of a cameo, and they have a running gag there. Really, really cool. The opening song, which is one of their more famous ones, is Everything's a Drum. And they literally <laughs> go through this, everything's a drum. Everything's a drum. Did you know my bum is a drum? Like, <laughs> I've seen that. Yes, <laughs> that's them. Yes, if you right. like that, yeah. watch this show. And there's a yeah. few things where they do the South Park thing where they're just like, all right, this is the joke. Okay, cool. Yeah, the joke's done, guys. Move yep, on, move, move on. on. And it just keeps on going to the point where it comes back around. You go, okay, yeah. it's funny again now. Yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. very, very cool. Uh, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, I think, is the so official on Netflix. Top. On Netflix. Okay. I think there's only like six or eight episodes out at the moment. But if you go digging, you'll find they've got albums on, on iTunes and yep. these sorts of things. So they've been around. Very cool to see some Australians hitting the big time. That's fantastic. Just, just sorry on that Australian yeah. show that I couldn't remember before. Rosted on is an right. fantastic, oh, yeah. okay. fantastic retail uh, show. They started off on YouTube and then they, um, yeah, went big. Yeah, nice. and it's often screened on Seven Mate. So Correct. Yeah. Something that often comes back around. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, also watching a movie I've been meaning to get to for the longest time, there was a Mortal Kombat animated movie that came out probably close to a year ago yeah, now. Yeah, the Scorpion one. Scorpion's Scorpion, Revenge. Scorpion's Revenge. Yep. And I've just one of those ones where I could never find the time to do it. Oh, it's too I late think, in the evening to watch it now. I think the title's pronounced Scorpion's Revenge. There is a lot yeah. of yelling. <laughs> in the same way, those who have seen the Harley Quinn show and just the, the, the viscer, viscerality, if that's a word, yep. It is. Of well, that, I mean, it's a Mortal Kombat thing. You should not be surprised that there is blood and guts and whatever. And they do that really cool thing that some of the older games did. You know, someone gets punched in the face, and then all of a sudden it's like an X-ray where you can see the person's skull get shattered and all this sorts of stuff. It was actually better than I thought. I predicted it'd just be a, a more bloody version of Dragon Ball Z and people just threatening to punch each other and stuff. Actually, really quite cool. And, and I'm not a Scorpion guy. I think we established on our crossover episode with Davey most of us are Sub-Zero people and you sort of look at Scorpion and go oh just sit down mate like you've had your time in the sun uh, really really cool worth a watch uh, and the very last thing I've sort of been delving back into the MCU and just going you know what I, I, I know the Avengers films and Endgame and all those big ones really well I'm just going to watch Ant-Man randomly yep. and I just forgot how delightful it's Paul so Rudd good. is yeah. Yes. Yes. So, and actually I went to the second one Ant-Man and the Wasp so there's already that sort of it, that's the one that sort of leads directly into the, the snap yeah, sort the of snap. thing with the, right it. at the end but Paul Rudd he's just so good there's that bit where he effectively becomes the, the mum character um, who is it not Jodie Foster uh, Michelle Foster Michelle Pfeiffer thank yeah. you and you just go he's such a brilliant actor because at the, at the flick of a switch he suddenly has to be a, a 50 year old woman and oh it's okay peanut and <laughs> stuff like this like very very cool yeah the man who doesn't age exactly yeah all the more funny for it so yeah that has been me so I've been uh, watching some stuff with my parents and uh, one of those has been HBO's reboot of Perry Mason which is produced by uh, or executive produced by Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Um, he was instrumental in reviving this um, you know about a century old franchise that started in in novels back in the day before leading leading to movie serials and and a very long television series run that 
led to reunion movies many years later. Anyway, it stars Matthew Reese and John Lithgow. It's so perfect for the times. It's set in the 1930s Depression, but it um, it is a perfect snapshot of what's happening in 2020. Um, it's got the the poverty, the income inequality, and and the struggles people are facing. Um, Right now in the world, it's got um, racism, religion, uh, religion, and a bunch of um, well, you know, a bunch of storylines around churches and and cults. More, more than you will. It's got corruption with many of the institutions in it as well. Which oh, so it's the Republican Party. For- <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you should say that. Um, that is very funny. Uh, but look, it is very, very, very. You know that that speaks to my left wing heart, Frank. But, um, but <laughs> no, um, no. Look, it's so good, so well made, so well acted, so well written for something that was, I imagine, envisioned to be a period piece. Just by what twenty twenties turned out to be mm. is so relevant, so topical. Um, when you think about not only the, you know, the, the poverty and the disadvantage. But also, you know, the Black Lives Matters movement and all all this sort of stuff, and all faced in the backdrop with a the fact that a baby was murdered in the first episode, and and solving who's done that, and mm. have the people that have been charged for that been stitched up, and getting to the bottom of that. So, really, really enjoyed watching that. That's available in um, it's a HBO series. So in Australia, it's available on Foxtel and Binge. Um, for both Voxel, both broadcast it, and you can stream it um, through them or through Binge. The other one I've been oh, watching. Darren, just quickly, just on that. So you said there's books and things. Do you have to have read the books? Or no, you already think about no, it? no. Or this is you... a complete reboot. This is okay. an origin story. Right, um, right and it's right. a complete, complete reboot. So you don't yeah. have to have read the the old books. And you don't have to have seen the old TV no. series or cool. any of that cool. um, right. at all. That's it's good. completely, completely standalone. Yeah, yeah, nice. The other one that I've been watching, um, we've just started, is The Undoing, which is also produced by HBO, Nicole Kidman and Hugh mm. Grant. Oh, I've yes. seen the ads for that one. That's a thriller. Yeah. Looks really good. We've, we've only watched the first couple of episodes so far, but you know, we're, um, it's holding our interest that we're coming back for more. Yeah, cool. Nice. Fantastic. All right. Well, reading, I mean, I probably haven't done a lot in the reading space. I do have a, a series of magazines under my bed that I pull out from time to time. Oh. Which, uh, oh. But they don't have wow. words in them, do they? they, 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 they don't have they a lot of words. They're yeah. mostly pictures. They are the, the tomats, A to Z of action I was going to say yeah. that and toy fair. That, that's porno too, so yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's pretty much that what I... That toy fair magazine. <laughs> I don't have any toy fairs under the, uh, under the bed right they're now. Not, but you, you're they're under the mattress, aren't they? You, you can't you can't make those jokes when you're sporting that moustache like that, right? <laughs> I'm, here, too I'm much. here to clean the pool. <laughs> the pool. I wish, wish Davey Damage was in, in the room with us right now because I know that he'd have something to say about I'm, I'm sure he would. He'd have a lot to say. Uh, moving on to watching, I think, for, I mean, like most people probably here, the uh, US elections, mm. I, I was I was gripped. Planet America was yeah. probably my main source of information Same on, here. on that. Um, but that was a, a fascinating watch to see that transpire. And, it, and it's, I guess it's not game over yet. I've been watching... I'm, I'm a big sci-fi fan. I love my sci-fi. And I love my kind of deeper, thought-provoking sci-fi. And I found a show that hit the mark for me in that respect. It's sci-fi, but it's so not what you would expect from sci-fi. In in the sense, it, it poses some very philosophical questions about the human condition and explores those through sci-fi elements 
Um, it's called Tales from the Loop. And funnily enough, this it's an Amazon Prime show. Okay. I think it was released yep. earlier in 2020. This is based on artwork. Wow. Okay, okay. so the show is entirely based on artwork. And it's by an oh. artist. It's a Swedish artist named Simon Stallenhag. And what he does is he... I think he grew up in a very rural environment. So what you see are these very rural landscapes. But in the middle is like just some really old, you know, almost like 1950s, 1960s piece of machinery. But it's done in a very sci-fi way. So it might be like, you know, a big radar dish or a, a, a robot or something. Mm. And so that was the inspiration for this. It's done by Jodie Foster's involved. Okay. It... It's eight episodes, and I was enthralled by it. It's it's almost they they connect, but very vaguely. Each episode looks at different characters, and they're all set in this this town. There's a big physics facility called the Loop. It's an underground facility, mm. and they're experimenting on things. And as a result, there's all these weird occurrences. So you know, one of the episodes, two characters swap bodies. Right. So it's that Freaky Friday kind of thing. But at the end of it there's a consequence to that swapping mm-hmm. that is just left. And you see it appear in episodes, not as the main feature, but it appears kind of in other episodes as you go. And it's like a big, it's a big thing. And they, they don't treat it. They just kind of treat it as this kind of background thing. Yeah. You know, what, what's happened to you? Like, you can't <laughs> leave it like this that. And eventually yeah. it gets to the final episode and it kind of plays out. But it's very melancholy. It's it's very slow. A lot of people criticised it for its pacing, you know, but it's a it's a work of art. Like it is beautiful. It's poignant. It's it's heart wrenching at times. Mm. It, it but it's deeply moving and it deeply explores the characters and the and the human condition. And it is re- really well acted. I think it's got some interesting themes throughout it. And and I, I loved it. So I thought it was fantastic. If you love your true you know sci-fi yeah. exploring issues with this beautiful backdrop and these these creatures like one guy in one of the episodes um there's a kind of a threat to his daughter his young daughter so he goes to this scrapyard and buys a scrapper and it's essentially you control it's a big robot that moves scrap around and and it's like you know nintendo glove you, you <laughs> hand the glove and you control cool. this thing so he's patrolling his neighborhood with this giant scrapper robot <laughs> so that no bad guys can come into his house and things like that. So it's not the core part of the story, but these beautiful designs, this this inspired artwork has kind of set the scene for the imagery and it is it is beautiful. So I found I, I really enjoyed that. Tales from the Loop, that is, and it's on Amazon Prime. The other thing I've just caught in the last couple of days is something I've wanted to watch for a long time. And it was Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, um, that was epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, being a big Queen fan, that came on. And, you know, Rami Malek, obviously, we talked about this when it was sort of uh, on at the movies, whether he was the right choice. I think, you know, size is one thing. Mm. A couple of scenes where he's like, you know, a couple of inches <laughs> shorter than everyone else around him, yep. which is a bit off-putting. But apart from that, I thought the performance was really good. I thought the, the Live Aid concert was brilliant. I mean, I've seen Live Aid... Obviously, I wasn't yeah. around 1983 or whenever Live Aid was, but it it seemed to play out that set really nicely, like yep. that Live Aid 
It's, it gives me like you watch the original footage and yep. it gives you chills, and this yeah. new one is the same thing. I it mean, is. It's, obviously, it's the same soundtrack. Really, it's the same audio essentially from the original, but this because of the camera angles and what they're able to yep. do with the new one, it's just as good. It's mm. it's brilliant, and that because it opens with Wembley, like mm. that that's the opening, and you you see them setting up, and you see the day, and then you see Freddie from behind as he's getting ready to go on stage, and he's jumping, and yep. that. That energy that he's got, that Remy, like you don't see the face, yep. and so you go, that could be Freddie Mercury there, like the yeah. way he he does Gets that, and, and he's mm. jumping around. I thought it was brilliant. I thought, and there's a lot that I learnt from that, and being the music of Queen, and I'm like, um, yeah, save probably the best song, song for last, because mm. it's just such great music, and you hear some of the way they came up with the ideas yes. behind the songs, yep. Yep. like We Will Rock You, and the, wanting the audience to be able to participate yep. and basically play the music with the stomp, stomp, clap. Yep. Just seeing that kind of that insight to how they engage with their fans. And I don't know if this was real or not or just a bit of poetic license, but when, you know, they're obviously playing Live Aid and, and you know, they've got all the other bands and there's, you know, massive names, mm. Elton John, all the big names of the yep. era are there. And then when Queen comes on, the guy, like, gets the volume... And pushes it like well, beyond, well beyond where they're meant to have it. Just <laughs> Do not push the sliders past here. <laughs> and I would have liked, if that was reality, just to get, you know, just to blow the audience away. Well, because I think also historically at that point in Live Aid, it wasn't going very well. Like right. it, it was in terms of donations and, and viewership. And um, who's the guy? Uh, Bob Geldof. Yep, Bob Geldof. And he was, he was quite worried at that point that, oh, this is all going to be a bit of a flop. And then Queen, and again, I don't know whether they did boost everything to 11, but that was the performance that turned it around and people were like, oi, if you're not watching this, get it on get it on right yep. now. Yeah. And then the, wow. the, the dollars started coming yeah. in. So it was, it was a real turning moment. And that bit where he sings with the crowd, you know, backwards yep. and forwards, is what's known as, you know, the, the music. And when he holds that really long yes. note, yep. the note that was heard around the world is kind of what that's referred right. to. So it's just a magical moment, well, well performed by everyone. And yeah. Love it. Cannot speak highly yeah, it's enough. It's a terrific film. You know, as Trent said, we've discussed the casting, but that performance is just sensational. Yeah, the performance of everyone so well written, and you know, the musical just you keep hearing it in your head for weeks after. Yeah, well, I must admit, this it morning is. I was um, cranking some Queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and and I have to do a shout out. I don't often do this for the playing component of this topic. I have been playing a game. Ooh. And this one's for you, Scotty the Toy Hunter. It's Pokemon. Hey! So I am now a fully-fledged Pokemon TCG. I'm going to use some acronyms here. <laughs> the card game, or the trading card game. Callum's been, my, my eldest, seven-year-old, he's been really into Pokemon because it's, I think, one of these things at school. It becomes a, a, a bit of a fad and all the kids have Pokemon cards. So, Dad, I want some Pokemon cards. And his, he's just been wanting this Charizard card. Mm. Like is, you know, it's a holy grail. We, we talk holy grails around here. Charizard, I'm going to get this right, there's like GXs, but then there's VMAXs. Ooh. And it's the Charizard VMAX he's chasing right now. I, I got him a, whatever, Charizard GX and a Charizard Basic. But anyway, we've been playing the trading card game, and it's a brilliant game. Mm. Um, we, we play it, I learned it online, so you can go to the Pokemon website, download the trading card game for free, and as you buy decks, you scan them, and that brings in your cards and your decks. Sure. So it's, it's cool. It's got that link back to the, the physical cards. But we've been playing it, and I love the mechanics. The mechanics are really cool, how you can you know power up your Pokemons mm. and 
evolved them and I never really understood that until I kind of played the right, game yeah. that you're you know yeah. you start off with um you know whatever you know Pikachu is like the start you know you play your Basic. Pikachu card but then you can play your Rikachu and he's more powerful yeah, well, he's a level up he's a level up yeah, but yeah. you play that kind of on top Ra- of the Raichu Pikachu or Rikachu right right yeah, yeah. 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 still still yeah yeah still I've still got a lot to learn no no it's cool <laughs> and it's, it's 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 difficult like i used to call Ryu and um Dalsim and everything weird names because i'd never i only read them yeah. i yeah. never heard yeah. anyone yeah. say and their two names two years and pronounced exactly my question to you is you know you being the adult versus your son are you able to just whoop his ass or is it more the, the cards that you're dealt that you're, you know, de- the way, de- determines it's a bit of a luck system or is it just... Yeah, it's a really good question. We've yeah. been playing a lot like on the computer right. against someone else. Right. So we'll kind of play together okay. against someone. Right. But we have played the, the card game a little bit um, between us. And what I would say is you build your own deck. Right. right. So if you if you buy if you go out and you buy the starter kit deck, it's like sixty cards. Yes. Yep. You've got energy cards. You've got Pokemon in there. You've got trainer cards and and various different things. If you go out and you buy the generic deck, you're probably going to get whooped because you've of just course. your deck yeah. isn't yeah. good enough. Yep. And but then there's a random element to it as well, like you shuffle things up. And some cards let you kind of shuffle through your deck and pick things uh, out. Okay. But for the most part, it can be sort of random to what you get to some degree. But I reckon Pokemon is is a lot about one, you know, knowing what your characters can do, finding the weakness in the other team's deck, and exploiting yes, that. Yes, yep. And a bit of luck, but also having the right deck. Yes, yep. yep. Fair enough. Cool. Oh, very intriguing. Cool. Alrighty, we are done with reading, watching, playing. We're going to move on to our next segment. May the force be with you. Why, man? Yeah, some very exciting news on the Disney Plus streaming service. Mandalorian Season 2 has dropped and we are three episodes in and oh boy, it's been a very strong start to this season. And that's I guess it's what we were expecting what are our thoughts? We're three, and I think this is the now the new Friday night for everyone. Yes, isn't yeah, it? absolutely. It's like Friday, yeah. get home from work, get the kids to bed, and chuck on some Mando, or in Ben's case, let them sit through it. Mm. Just as long as there's not some alien spiders involved oh, in the episode. I love that. No. I freaking no, love no. that. that that's, what was you one? Know, you would because James, it's James it's Cameron. A, yeah, aliens. Yeah, aliens. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But no, as soon as I saw the was eggs, it Fresh's son that was like, yeah. "Daddy, yeah. Yeah. this Hunter. is a this is a big boy show. <laughs> I'm not a big boy yet." You know. uh, I felt exactly the same, Hunter. It is perfectly okay. <laughs> you thought you felt like you weren't a big boy. Oh, uh, I literally, I you know, I I held my phone up to my eyes as close as I could, and I was like. Ali, just just tell me when it's when over. over, and then she's like, "Oh, it's okay." Then the big mother spider <laughs> dropped down. <laughs> Come on. To be fair, uh, we should, probably should just preface this: we are going to spoil the hell out of this. So, if you're one of these four people on the planet who have not watched this show, it's safe to say we're going to spoil it for you. Yeah. Well, right, let's so, rewind so pause, it. Hey, Toy Power, episode, right? pause your episode now of Toy Power. Go and watch those three episodes. Absolutely. and Come back. Well, yeah. it's only it's only about what two hours of content. They're about forty minutes. Each, yeah, 40, yeah, 35 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's go back to episode one. Yeah, Tim- so, Timothy Oliphant uh, so was good. you know uh, uh, amazing. Like, and uh, 
So you know he well, he's the sheriff. He's the sheriff, you know, and, right? And just uh, he comes into the uh, show. You know the the uh, episode's titled "The Sheriff," and I've heard the among marshal. a few the marshal. You're right. Yeah. Yes, the marshal. So and I heard a few people you know pick. Oh my gosh, they're going down this route. So yeah. apparently this is extended universe storylines yes, and things in the books. So people picked it as soon as they saw that title screen. You know, not long into the episode, we oh, first he's, he has a bit of a scuffle in the alleys and things, doesn't he? Is that well, right? There's that, there's that almost that fight with the Gamorrean guards. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. And and everyone kind of is always looking to double cross him, yes. right? He's just yep. trying to get some information about yep. other Mandalorians, and the guy he's talking to sets him up, correct? And he, and, and he yeah. wipes him out, and that's a great. You know, he goes, yeah. "I'm not gonna, I'm uh, not gonna, please don't kill, kill yeah, me. I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. kill you." And he just shoots the light out as yeah. he's strung up in those yeah. monsters. It was such a out. Batman Begins oh, move. Yeah. He's just like, "I don't have to kill you, but yeah, I don't have to save you either." <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it was. So he starts starts off with season two. He's looking for more of his own kind. Yeah, he said, yeah. "You know, do you know people that look like me? Yeah. Where obviously the Mandalorian armor." And they say, "Yep, out, out here on Tatooine." Uh, in the middle of the desert, there's a guy that looks like you. Cool. So, he shoots off. He finds the marshal, and then bam, you know. Well, it's Boba Fett. It, it is. It, it's it, Boba it, Fett's it's um, Timothy Oliphant, where very is in his very um, tall outfit, wearing a very haphazard, and that uh, was... size too small. Yep. You know. Uh, well, did you, you know, see that armor. meme going around, which is like, you know, when when a model wears the clothes, yeah. and it's got <laughs> Boba Fett, and when I wear the clothes, it's got Tim- yeah. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. And that was a brilliant thing because when it come on screen, I was there was that second where I went, "It's Boba." Wait a minute, yeah, and, and just the way it was deliberately not sitting right Correct. on him. Correct, yeah. it was very deliberate. Yeah, wasn't because it? Yeah. all the the rumors or whatever had basically told us that Boba Fett's going to be in this season, and then you there's that half a second where you go, <gasps> "Wait, no!" And can we also shout out Timmy, Tim, Timothy Oliphant? The only man I know who does not have suffer from helmet hair, yeah, because he takes that helmet off and he looks it's freaking beautiful, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's a, it's a lion's mane. He didn't really wear it a lot, did he? They wanted well, that they that wanted their elephant. If you look like that, elephant. you're not going to wear a helmet. No, right? <laughs> we well, he, yeah. he barely put it back on after that, didn't he? He put it back on when he they fought at the end. I think yep. uh, yeah, that that was about it. But he, I think that dent on the sides got larger. I think a lot, <laughs> lot more scratches and things <laughs> on the armor. So he's you know he's worn it. For, through a few battles yeah. and stuff, and uh, I mean, we, we, we're jumping forward, but I love that bit where he shoots the missile. Oh yeah, like, finally, you know, finally. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the room, but damn, seeing that rocket, rocket firing, firing was just right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so damn cool. There it is. Yeah, yeah, and he just and and how the the missile tracker just dropped down, yep. and he was able to yeah. see it. Just all fell into play, like it was just you know all these things that we never saw. From Boba Fett, finally we're yeah. seeing played out on screen. And a lot, a lot of that, that's John Favreau for yeah. you, I oh, think. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. um, he knows what fans are looking yeah. for. Yeah, all this sort of stuff, whether it's Marvel or Star Wars. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of Western tropes. We've often been compared to the season one was a bit of a, a Western, you know, theme. This one in particular, you literally had almost mm. like the, you know, uh, is he going to reach for his gun, riding into town, and everyone's giving him the stink eye and all this stuff. Yeah, and then into the saloon. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, very thematic episode. Yeah. And then kill the big monster to save the town to 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 get the armor that takes you to <laughs> the next episode. Like, you know, takes you to the next level. Exactly. <laughs> out of all that, like I have much more respect for the Tuscan Raiders than yep. sort yeah, of that was and how Mando kind of didn't try to hurt them. Yes, he worked with them. Yes, like 
know, was kind of cool. E- even to the point the Tuscan Raiders, you see they've got the toothbrush, they're, you know, um, <laughs> they're, the they're scrubbing the Banthas' uh, yeah. teeth and things. You know, you see him walking in a straight line, he's communicating Single with file. them. Yeah. Single, Single file. Yes, yeah. yes that was a nice you know, note. No, I would say I'm, I'm like Ben, I've got a lot more respect for them, yeah. not just the men, but the women and the children and, as well. And I genuinely felt like, oh, they've when sacrificed they got a Bantha, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And every time, you know, the, the worm would come out and grab them, it was a damn sand person. It wasn't any of the, uh, you know, the cowboys from yeah. the, uh, you know. Well, was that a great, great dragon? Is yes, that great dragon. Yeah. So that was the cra- that was the skeleton in yep. a, new a New Hope that they walked past the big uh, boat. Yeah. It's all coming together. I it's love this show. Yeah, 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 very, very clever. Some yeah. great I got I got some very Dune moments yeah. from that. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, great and, dragon under the sand. And yep. going back to deep cuts as well. You know when Ben Kenobi comes up and scares the sand people in New Hope, like, yep. and he makes that noise. That's the crepe dragon's um, squeal. That, like the the Seriously? you know, that's the noise the crepe dragon makes. Uh, you know, when when he it's attacking. Far so out. Ben Kenobi made that noise <laughs> to scare the the uh, you know sand people away. John to Favreau. get to the um, yeah. Luke and the droids and stuff. <laughs> like, oh, so so much respect. You know. Just yeah, every little bit I find out later on, right. and things like I'm, I'm not picking up these things on in the episode. Yep. I'm sort of listening to other podcasts and things. Shout out to YHS and things who do an amazing job reviewing each mm. and every episode, and just all these little facts. Just uh, it makes me, and I'll have to say this ep- first episode is my favorite of, of all three yep. that we're re- yeah, reviewing tonight. So. Well, so. now okay, so the end of this, yes. Yes. right? So there is a, an end sequence where. Mandalorian has got the Boba Fett armor, and that's part of kind of his thing of collecting the armor. It belongs to the yes. Mandalorian, so we'll take yep. that. Off on his speeder bike, and then we get this sort of behind character where we see him from behind, mm. and he's got like some almost some Tuscan Raiden, Raiders weapons across his yep. back. He's in a cloak, and then he turns to camera, and we know it's Tamura Morrison because he shows up in the credits. Tamura Morrison, yes. who played Jango Fett and was the clone, you know, for all yep. the Clone yep. Wars. Mm. Yeah, Very scarred right. and things, yeah. So we see we see Tamara Morrison. So we we essentially see what Boba Fett would look like if he grew up. What are your thoughts? Is this Boba Fett? Is this a clone? It's got to be. It's got to be. I, I want it to be. Yeah. I really want it to be the sort of maybe the second or last you know uh, episode, episode okay. and and mm-hmm. then have the um what's the other guy uh the from um, Soul from uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, um... Oh, Giancarlo Esposito. Moff Gideon. I want him to be the final boss. Right. Well, see, I have a theory about that, right? Look, to to your point, Trent, it's got to be Boba Fett, right? That's what all the fans are expecting. I don't see them pulling a Swifty on people in that regard. And I was, I mean, where was it? Eight episodes in the season? Ten episodes in the whole season? Yeah, I thought I I was going to say eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping to have seen him again. The way I look at it is you're going to get, imagine it, Mando, Versus Boba Fett, the people want to see that, right? Oh, yeah, he's a yeah, villain. Yeah. He's like, you've got my armor. I'm gonna, we're gonna fight, right? That's what's gonna happen. And well, this whole show is built off uh, Boba Fett, you know, like yeah, the true, hype right? around that's where Boba it all Fett. comes yeah, from. Yeah. So that's gonna happen. I would have expected it to see it by now, but anyway. And then what's gonna happen right at the end? Juan Carlo Esposito, he's gonna show up as the big bad, and then Mando's gonna Mando and. Boba Fett Ooh. are going to team up Ooh. to take him down. I'm calling it right now. Wow. Like, that's what will happen. That'll be a pretty... Because you can you imagine the fans just going, 
double Mando action. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, wow. Well, technically, Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. He wears the armor. He doesn't follow the creed. Sure. Correct. But, um, but yeah, but I mean, double. As, but yeah. as yeah. we're finding out in like even season three, there's other facets yes. of the oh, Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, there's other facets of the Mandalorian That's who wear because cool. he's like, finally, I found my people. And then they quickly nah. take off their helmets. He's like, whoa, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know? And then you realize that there's different beliefs and things. You're the original. Or you're Arctic, one of them. You know, ancient yeah. versions. We're not, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're after the dark saber. And, yes. Uh, well, that is cool. And we do get, I mean, obviously, we're going now to episode three um, with a lot of background information from Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo Katan, played by um, uh, Battlescar. Ca- Katie Battle, Sackhoff. Ka- Katie Sackhoff yep. from Battlestar yep. Galactica. Very, very cool. But I, I love that. And there's so much history, I guess, with that Clone Wars and with the Mandalorians that they can draw on and pull out. Mm. Um, and we know with, with the way they run their shows and the, the um, you know, with Dave Filoni and his knowledge, obviously, in doing all that animated stuff um, is really cool to see that worked in. It gives it... I I was... Sometimes I feel like maybe a bit of that depth has been lacking from some of these episodes. Not not like the Star Wars lore depth, but mm. just kind of depth around characters well, well, and, and their. We saw more depth from the um, you know, from that first episode with the uh, uh what's his name of uh, Timothy Oliphant's mm. backstory than we have on some of the some of the cool characters. You know, like. General Grievous. We never saw that sort of depth <laughs> for General true. Grievous yep. or whatever. No, you know, even even Darth Maul. Like yeah. you know, and and it is awesome sometimes to have these the mystery. Ca- characters in mystery. Yeah. I mean, that's what's made Boba Fett Correct. so sure, famous. Sure. But at the same time, it's also awesome to you know have that um, passion for that character to to save the day and yeah. to turn that you know to why the, are they acting in a certain way? Exactly. What's their motivation? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Gives so it you know, a bit more depth. Yeah. So that's. Pretty cool. Now, yeah. are we steering away from episode two intentionally? No, because no, we're going back, no, we we're gonna bring back scary news to Frank here. Uh, you guys are all softies. Well, <laughs> so, the uh, aliens uh, episode of episode two. Well, is it starts. Absolutely. Very alien esque. I, I think there's, we have to talk about the moment where Mando is flying along. He's got a, a new passenger, the frog lady. Yes. Yep. And yep. she's carrying her eggs. Um, yep. To get them, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I was expecting to see some scene where the the husband fertilization. Does, yeah, 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 I'm glad we didn't um, see that. No tongue lash action. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're flying along, and these two X wings yeah. fly beside them. They're like, you know, just doing their routine routine patrol. patrol yep. You know, send us your send us your thing. And Mando's like, nah, nah I'm not going. Not <laughs> the, uh, I can't press the button. No, it's, <laughs> it's an not, older, uh, it's an you old... know, version or something. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll wait. We'll wait. And then we were talking about it just before we started recording. When they kind of realise something's up and there's just the airfoils just go... You're waiting for it. The minute you see that shot and the way it's framed and set up, you're like, do it. Do it. Open up. You know you yeah. want to. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's very, very well. It's, it's like it's like you're being tailed by the police and all of yep. a sudden the, light. the cops put <laughs> the their lights, lights on. on. Yeah. And you, just, you just know, oh shit, yep. I'm in trouble now. You know? Here it comes. <laughs> I, I just And it was just so well sequenced. You know, yeah. had that build up. They went to their own channel to talk, you know, privately. Yeah. And then he's looking out one side of the window and, the, the you know, the, the wings go up. And then he looks out the other side and the other wing starts going up. Oh, just so beautiful. And yeah. that, that led into what I thought was a fantastic chase sequence. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. X-Wings as we love. 
Baby Yoda's fetish for frog eggs got him into a fair <laughs> bit of trouble, didn't it? Honestly, yeah. for Baby Yoda is like the, the number one Disney product right now, <laughs> yeah. right? And I feel like they've realised this. And, Mickey Mouse. Well, yeah, and I feel like they've realised this and gone, we need to we need to bring him down a notch, like and yeah, just a bit of genocide here or there should probably do that, right? But uh, when you think about it, though, I, I feel like, and I'm not sure who the director for this particular episode was. I feel like it was a. A miscast joke, if that makes sense. I feel like they tried to pass it off using a bit of bit of ep- a bit of a prequel humor. Say, oh, he's eating the eggs when Mando's told him not to. You know, naughty kids. Oh, stop that! I told you. And then what's the first thing they do? They go straight back to what you told them not to do. Yeah. Only I don't know that I don't know if the someone didn't think about the darker implications of what he was doing basically you know she was saying I'm the last of my my line. Yep. You know, these are my my babies. I want to. And he's just gobbling them up, gobbling yeah. them up like they're candy. And he's like, "Dude, that's well, just not funny." Well, my my daughter, I was watching it with my daughter. We um, got up on Saturday morning and watched it together. And she called it before I did. She's like, "Oh, he's eat, he's eating the eggs because he likes to eat frogs." Did you see Remembering season one? Back, yep. you know, in season one, he eats frogs and things, and yep. that you know dawned on me. Of course, he's going to like frog eggs. And oh, yeah. probably his favourite delicacy. You know. Uh, so I thought that was fantastic, yeah. and Mando became the father figure. You know, don't yes. do that. You know, having yes. to tell him constantly. Oh, it's it's amazing how these characters can get around the galaxy, and everyone knows each other's language, right? Mm. And I like finally found <laughs> yes. that barrier that hey, I don't know, I, I don't, don't speak, speak frog, frog. Yeah. you know, and things. And he goes to sleep, and then all of a sudden wakes up, and the androids talking to him, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that that's that that scare factor, like oh, you know, that that's a you know, be careful, that droid's going to kill us scenario, <laughs> like you know, that's a Terminator droid scenario, and I I just thought that was. Re- very realistic, you yep, know. Yep. You can't you can't go around knowing every freaking language, yeah. knowing sand people to whatever else. Uh, surely you've got to come up against point. Yep. some, you yes. know. Yeah, I yeah. did like that fro- the frog lady and and it was a puppet, yeah, puppetry I, compo- as opposed to like maybe CG. animatronic, yeah. you know, but it was definitely real. Like yeah. it was a mask that those, that those eyes was were fantastic, yeah. and they had those yeah. little breathing things yep, on, the, on side the side of the hair that was yeah. really cool. But I loved when they were getting chased by the spiders. Instead of running, she went into full frog. She, she, she like runs she was, for a little while. Yeah, they just goes. Sort of turns back and like, oh, this isn't getting me nowhere. Yeah. And then does the proper leaping. The leaping, yeah, like yeah. it was. I thought that yeah. was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to talk spiders. I know Frank doesn't want to, but Ralph Macquarie inspired. So I think there's a sequence around Dagobah yeah. where they'd originally envisaged these spiders, and Ralph Macquarie had done his paintings, and they looked beautiful. These white albino, mm. very alien esque kind of spider creatures. So, and this is great. This is um, John Favreau bringing all this lore back in. Why not? Why mm, not use it's these? It's there, designs? absolutely. And they were. I feel like these were CGI, but they were done so well. I mean, they were, they moved. What I loved about these is they felt like real creatures, mm. and they, they had the right. Like, oh, yeah. They had the bit. right physics. Like <laughs> well, quite that, often, you do a CG character. You're like, oh, it doesn't feel yeah, right. It doesn't, like, feel it doesn't authentic. Feel, doesn't feel like it has weight, or it just doesn't feel. Like that's how it would move. These things felt like they were alive. That that and there were different size of size versions. You started off with the tiny ones, yep. then you saw the medium sized ones, and then you saw a bigger one. And you're like, man, this is getting scary. Yeah. Then you saw the queen, or mm. you know, whatever the the yeah. The and I, I was like, that's awesome. I, I respect you because oh, yeah. Yeah. all too often do you see the same size drones and things, and then yep. all of a sudden the queen. You know, yep. I thought it was Filled really it cool. Up. They uh, yeah spaced it out and. 
I love it how he ate it. I was like freaking out, man. What's going to happen? You know, is that thing going to be like clawing out of his, you know, stomach or something? Chest like, burst yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I love, oh, it's just, it, it sung to me like aliens. Oh, yeah. And it was a it was a horror like I've never seen in, in Star Wars before. But also you watch that scene, but then a few scenes before it was all comedy. So yep. it was a beautiful mix of both worlds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've got to shout this out because uh, I sent this to Davey, but I haven't. I don't think I've shared it with you guys. So one thing about the Mandalorian has made clear is that Yoda wasn't on Dagobah for any <laughs> mystical force reasons. He was there because it was a literal smorgasbord for him. He was the apex predator in that fog. Everything for miles around him was probably terrified of him. Every food chain ended in Yoda, and his death came as a huge relief to the entire ecosystem. It also, expi- it also explains why Luke didn't want to eat his food. Saving <laughs> dinner. Yeah. Wow, that is that's fantastic. Um, episode three, we did get. Uh, what I loved about this was obviously he sets out. Mando sets out to try and find more of his kind and he's on the boat with the uh, Mon Calamari all those um, squiddy guys yes. and they they essentially double cross him and this is I think it's fantastic the way a lot of these characters realise he's got the best scar armour and, mm. and he's literally carrying a fortune on his body but they know how dangerous he is so they try and kind of take him out yep. in a really subtle way and the way that they kind of push they open up that it had, had Jurassic monster. Park feels to yeah, that. Yeah, it did, didn't like, it? Yeah. It also had the um, Sarlacc pit yep. feel to it as well. Ooh, yeah, you know, like cold. the, the yep. thing creature underneath the surface that you couldn't see, but all you saw is the jaw or, yeah. you know, there were no tentacles this time, but there was certainly a mouth ready to eat. So, But yeah. I loved, you know, they, they put Baby Yoda in and he goes into his little capsule and <laughs> before he goes in and then yeah. Mando goes in and that rescue sequence. So I thought that yeah. was really nicely choreographed that fight sequence with those the other Mandalorian um, Bo-Katan and her her troop mm. yeah. really well done the way they're flying around and what, I think one of the ways she gets rid of one of the guys is to fly him up and then just drop him drop, drop him, him. it's yeah. just yeah, shooting well, they, and, and that was a previous episode I think it was in episode 2 where the, um, oh, yeah, the guys still try and steal his, um, <laughs> his jetpack jet you know so they they pull the rope and you know yeah, that's so, they, the so they did the, act, trick the, 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 loon, the Looney Tunes dr- yeah, trick yeah, the well they, rope across the they, they did the that rope. in um, <laughs> uh, Empire Strikes Back or whatever uh, you know with yeah, on, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, but that was really cool and then he's like look take the jetpack yeah, I, I need the, you know the baby the child back I need the child back and then yeah takes the jetpack and then he just turns <laughs> it on and remote boom. control yeah yeah <laughs> drops him I thought that was hilarious I, yeah. I did also appreciate seeing Titus Welliver in there um, at the end who was um, one of the Imperial officers on the ship that they commandeer. Oh, yeah. He was the one that basically, you know, shoots his pilots and tries yeah. to, to yep. down yep. The, the ship. But Titus Welliver, i I big fan of his. He um, was in Lost as the man He's in black. In lots of things, yeah, he was in yeah. the, sort of the, the, the kind of bad guy at the end of that. Been in, yeah, been in lots of stuff, but he is a massive collector himself. Oh, okay, and okay. he's he's a big. He's almost the ambassador for Sideshow in the, right. in the US. So you often see him doing some unboxings and doing some work with Sideshow because he's a you know kind of ambassador for them. Cool. But I thought that was really cool to see a, a big collector, big you know someone who loves his Star Wars in the role as mm. one of these these officers. And it was cool kind of seeing that. The Empire's still there. You know, there's, yeah. you know, yeah. Juan Carlos Esposito. Yes, we know he's kind of there and running things to some degree, but 
they're they're in the background well, a little bit. Yeah, but well, they're still there. We've seen a lot of stormtroopers leading up to this, but they these were the traditional, yeah, you know, the trilogy ones. style. Not the remnant. Not no, yes. correct. Yeah. and they were crystal clear, clean. So yep. they were they were perfect. There were no you know uh, battle scars and no yep. you know muddy marks or anything. They were they'd just been you know through the dry cleaners and uh, <laughs> you know boot polished, so to speak. So I thought that was cool. It shows, but it shows. You know they're a upper class sort mm-hmm. of. You know, yeah, yeah. They're they're clean and they're um, yeah, yeah. Favorite episodes? One, yeah, one for me. I like one. I really like three yeah. bringing in the Mandalorians and just that the depth of those characters. The fact that there's aspects to different. You know, they they almost saw him as a religious zealot or yes, a, yep. an extremist. And that's the thing, because you've gone from episode one where you go, all right, you could just be some guy wearing the armor, and this is another shade of grey. Yeah. Just going, you're not a Mandalorian, but you know, she said this armor's been in my family for generations and that sort of thing. So there well, is. Well, she a- said three generations, I think. So oh, okay. I mean, three. What well, that's maybe a hundred years. Mm. So it's not that long, whereas he's he might have been, you know, you know, the cult where they've been going for four hundred years. Yeah, you know, yeah. so where where do your morals lie? That, yeah, so yeah. it was a nice shade of grey yes, versus yes. you're either a Mandalorian or you're an imposter like Timothy Oliphant. Yes. So yep. this was a, a lovely sort of middle ground. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna have to go three, to yep. be honest. Like yep. one was a really solid in, and you need to come out the gate strong in the start of a new season. I think three was great. Just some of the, the firefights on that ship and We've trapped them in the in the cargo bay. Yeah, yeah. in the where? <laughs> yeah, <Boom>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, very cool it, moments. It was very cool, and I love seeing. Well, I think I've said this before. I love seeing the world not at war necessarily. So mm. you're just seeing some of the things that happen day by day. So you're at the docks, and yeah. you, and you know yep. he created the ship. The Razor Crest drops into the ocean, so they've got this. It's like an eighty eighty, but it's got a crane on the top. <laughs> so it's a, yeah. Uh, uh, just refuel it for me yeah, if it can hold fuel yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was yeah. great I love seeing those Mon Calamari I, I, I've been always a big fan of Admiral Akbar. so yeah. to see some more and, and I reckon they did it was someone trying to do their best impersonation of yes. Admiral yeah. Akbar. Yeah. and I'm surprised there wasn't like it's a breakfast snack yeah. uh, or something you know like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah well Ree said because of all the other calamari characters in it she's like oh pirates are Caribbean called they want their uh, you know they, they want their characters back yeah. Yeah. you know the black well, pearls what, called as soon as I saw him I'm just like oh don't trust him yeah. he's, he's yeah. the bad guy from pirates yeah the Caribbean. exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, they're yeah. both Disney now so yeah mm. that's right yeah the evolution this is you know what happens yeah <laughs> So what where to from here with Mandalorian is? It, I know Frank, you did mention you I, had a conversation with Ali about the, the sort of the side quest nature of yeah. Maybe it some just of the plot. it feels a little bit like Monster of the Week type thing, and and a little bit. I think we alluded to it a bit video gamey. Here's my quest. Can you help me? Yes, but in order to do that, you have to help me to get this magic thing to do the thing, and then I'll give you this tiny little nugget of information <laughs> yeah, right at the it. end, and we rinse and repeat the whole thing next week. Yep. So. And then I, I sort of voiced that to, to my wife and she turns to me and goes, is that not what season one was? And now I'm questioning everything I believe because in my mind, season one was not that. It was yep. this wonderful narrative. And yet thinking back to it, you it, sort of it go... It had those elements. It, it, had, it, had a it lot definitely of had those elements. Yeah. I watched season one again before I started season oh, sure. two. Yeah, it did, definitely had those elements. I think we just so blown away by it was all season new. one because it was all new and mm. we didn't know what to expect. But I don't, I mean, like, to be honest, I don't care. Yeah, it like, can be like, it can be monster of the week. It's great television. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's 
so well done the, and there's so many references this is by far the, in my opinion the best star wars i've seen since um the movie one yeah, yeah, in yeah. between uh, yeah, rogue, rogue one, one. rogue, rogue one. one yes yeah yeah agreed so uh, and um, I, I just felt sorry for the people that backed the Razor Crest. Like I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, oh, all these people that have you, you know thrashed, backed the Razor Crest, and now it's you know a pile of j- absolute pile of junk. You know, does it come <laughs> with crayons that you can colour in some of the panels in? And does it come with fishing wire and nets and things? To it's keep not it screen together? accurate. I need yeah. to put a hole in it. That's now. right. Like... Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that that got through and with yeah. flying colours. So good luck to them. Mm. No, very good. All right. Well, that wraps our review of the first three episodes of The Mandalorian. Can't wait to see the remaining five. And will Frank's prediction of a Boba Fett slash Mando slash Juan Carlo Esposito showdown you, really come to fruition? Will Frank get his Mando on Mando action? <laughs> <laughs> I regret saying that, but um, you don't bring Tamira Morrison back for a role like that without there being, you know, some without sort of it going pay, somewhere. Payoff yeah. at the end. Yeah, I think, I think you're yeah. right. You know how this game is played. Mm. All right, we're going to wrap this episode of Toy Power. Thanks so much to tuning in to all our fellow Discorders. Thank you for the chatter and the photos and all the the great stuff that we're seeing on there at the moment. And also just for being patrons, um, Frank can talk us through some of the recent purchases we've made for the show. Oh right, yeah. So we have um, we have spent a bit of the Patreon money on some new uh, shock mounts. Basically, some of ours were the original ones we had were plastic and sort of not that great with the pop screens and stuff. So if we're sounding all nice and sexy again, it's uh, because we've uh, spent some of your very generous donations. So uh, yeah, and a couple of different cords and really boring stuff. Actually, Darren, thanks <laughs> that, for thanks for the throw under the bus. Yeah, it's you're good. more than welcome. But thank you to the patrons for helping to fund the show and yep. and, and keep it going for us. It's so much appreciated. Absolutely, agreed. Very good. All right, we hope to see you around the toils and take care. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us. Toy Power Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah. Oh, oh, oh.